welcome back to Basic Bible 101. In today's lesson, we're going to pick up where we left off in the last podcast, and if you'll remember, we have been going through the book of Acts, learning about the early church and how it got started. And at the end of the last lesson, we learned about a young man named Saul, who was the one that was just standing there holding the coats and uh, when they stoned Stephen, the deacon. And so it is at the uh, beginning of chapter 8, we learn that Saul is going to other towns trying to find out where the Christians are and bring them to justice. And in the process, uh, there's an uh, incident that occurs for, uh, on his way to Damascus. Now, Damascus is north of Jerusalem, really quite a ways, and so he was really uh, going out to the far reaches of the um, Israel in order to track down these uh, heretics. In, in his mind, they were heretics. So let's look at the very beginning of chapter 9 and read verses 1 through till we stop. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Remember in the last podcast we talked about the way referring to, was the way they referred to the Christians. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do next. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, uh, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Okay, so we have Saul that's been stricken blind and totally can't figure out what has happened to him. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias. Come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. When Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see and again, uh, again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. He spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Okay, so Saul, who we are now going to refer to as Paul, because the Lord changed his name in this process, uh, has had this experience, this basically uh, encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he refers to himself as one of the apostles, one of the last, almost as if he was born at the wrong time because Jesus appeared to him so much later than uh, the rest of the 
apostles. Now, I'm sure that Paul was uh, living in Jerusalem at the time that Jesus was uh, there, but uh, we see that he didn't really have anything to do so much with what was going on with Jesus until after his disciples start being able to do miracles and proclaiming Christ risen from the dead. And that's where Paul really kicks into action because he just can't believe this. So we have a man who is very smart, very determined. He will later refer to this experience as his credentials for being an apostle. He also felt that this was his call on his life. And so from this moment forward, he believes that his role then is to uh, preach the gospel. So he preaches immediately right there in Damascus. And of course, the Christians there are very skeptical because they suspect he's like a double agent. You know, maybe he's acting like he's a Christian, but he's not really. And he's just trying to find out who all the Christians are so he can round them up. But Ananias was willing to step out of his comfort zone and reach out and, you know, be there for, for Saul to help him realize that it was Jesus and um, to help uh, heal his eyesight. Uh, so you can see that sometimes we have to face our own fear in order to get past a situation so that we can be used by God to help another. But that can be very hard when you think that that person is really trying to harm you, as Ananias did. He thought that, well, I don't know about having Paul uh, find out who we are because he's just going to drag us off to jail. But the Lord convinced him that that's the right thing to do. All right, so how do you think the other believers felt about Paul? Maybe they were a little suspicious. They hadn't, God hadn't told them directly that he was okay. Uh, maybe they were uh, maybe bitter because of what he had done to some of their family and friends. Um, but what we knew, know that is as, as he's preaching, as Paul is preaching in Damascus, he gets to a point where he's afraid that there's going to incite riots in Damascus and they're kind of after him. So he heads out to the wilderness and he's out in the wilderness for a period of time. We learn about this in Galatians 1, verses 17 and 18. This is his time when he has gone out into the wilderness, uh, similar to the way Jesus did. And after he returns from the wilderness, he heads to Jerusalem, and he spends some time with James. And there's a young man, and but then he's kind of in fear for his life in Jerusalem, and that makes total sense because now everyone who thought he was on their side is now really angry at Paul because he's turned and he's become one of the enemy, one of the Christians. So Saul, Paul takes off for Tarsus, and Tarsus was kind of his hometown. Tarsus is kind of up in modern-day Turkey where we would see it's outside of Israel and quite a bit further north. And so... Uh, there's a young man that, that hears about Paul and goes to him and brings him back to Antioch. Now, Antioch is the town in the far north um, of Israel that uh, where they first started referring to these believers as Christians instead of the way. Uh, so Barnabas goes and gets Paul and kind of brings him back, and he's encouraging to Paul. And it's here that he begins to... Uh, help Paul understand what the church really is, what it means to be a believer. And so we see here that the church begins to um, encourage and uh, support Paul in his ministry. And it's a good thing because from here on, Paul will be sent out. The Lord just prompts him to go to different parts of the known world then, back into Turkey, uh, Asia Minor, up and all the way to Rome, to spread the gospel far beyond just the borders of Israel. 
at this same time, as the Lord's kind of dealing with Paul, uh, a strange event happens to Peter as well. Now, what we know so far about Peter is that he was the head of the early church. That's where the Catholics get their uh, Peter, the first pope. We know that um, Peter was a devout Jew and yet a complete believer in Jesus Christ, obviously. But he has this vision. He's up on his roof one day and he has this vision. And in the vision, he sees all these uh, creatures that he would certainly not eat, like pig and, and uh, you know all kinds of other animals that Jews don't eat. Um, he sees this on a, a sheet that's been brought down from heaven. And he hears the voice tell him, take and eat. Let's look at this in Acts 10, um, verse 9. Uh, let's see. Okay, here we are. So it's about noon. Paul or Peter is up on this roof. He's waiting for dinner. He's probably a little hungry. Um, that's when he has this vision of this um, large sheet that's let down from heaven, and it has in it all these kind of four-footed animals as well as reptiles, um, things that Jews just didn't eat. And as soon as the voice tells him to eat, he he says, "Surely not, Lord," Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. So he's defending his Jewish faith. The voice speaks to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. Okay, you're wondering what is this about Cornelius? Well, at the beginning of chapter 10, we learn that the same time this is going on with Peter, there's a man who is a Gentile, not a Jew, who's... Um, a centurion so he's part of the Roman army and yet he's a, a a believer of God he doesn't understand about Jesus but he believes that they're in the Jewish God and has great respect for him and so he ha has been praying to this God that he knows very little about and yet um, one day he has this uh, angel of God that appears and calls him and uh, Cornelius says what is it Lord the angel said your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. Okay, so uh, Cornelius sends for Peter, and when he gets uh, his men get to where Peter is at, they tell him to come. Now Peter, of course, being a good Jew, would have nothing to do with the Gentile. So he's in a quandary because he he doesn't want to go even, you know, they have nothing to do with Gentiles. They don't like to eat with them. They don't like to even touch them or be in their presence. So he is in this quandary. Now he's had this vision from God about things that God considers, un that we have considered unclean. If God says they're clean, then they are. And so he's wondering about this, but he feels like, okay, this must have been what God um, had in mind when he gave him this vision. So he goes ahead and goes with these uh, messengers to the house of Cornelius. Now look down in Acts 10 verses 28 and 29. In fact, we'll back up just a little bit into part of uh, verse 27. It says, um, Peter went inside, found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with the gentle, or Gentile or visit him. 
But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objections. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Four days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon, and suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the house of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. Uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he sent uh, he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Uh, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country uh, of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. Uh, so what he is doing here is Peter is basically preaching to the people, and when he gets done, the people are overwhelmed with emotion. In fact, they begin speaking in uh, tongues and praising God. So we see that what's happened then is within this house, the people hear and they immediately accept. And Peter and the other guys, the other Jews that are with him, are so surprised, but they can't deny that obviously the Spirit has come to these people. So he says, can anyone keep these people from being baptized? And then they go ahead and baptize them all. So we see that this is the first time there's been an outreach to the Gentiles, even though it is so strictly forbidden by Jewish custom. This is the beginning of a definite challenge for the early church because they have their Jewish roots. They believe they are Jewish, you know, for a reason. They're God's people, and Jesus was a Jew. And yet, God has clearly called them to reach out to the Gentiles because Jesus came for everyone, Jew and Gentile. But back at home, they have to reconcile with how they're going to observe their religion. Are they going to remain Jews and observe all the old customs that they always did? Are they going to require the new believers who are Gentiles to be circumcised, to go through all the rites and religious um, ceremony that to become a Jew? You know, what what's going to happen? How is this one, different types of people going to come together in one uh, organization, in one body, and be um, the church? You know, we still have that problem today. People from different countries, people from different backgrounds, uh, try to come together, and it can be very difficult. It can be difficult to sort out the difference between cultural habits and true convictions and what it is God's asking you to change. One of the keys of this lesson, I have to say, is that we sometimes need to get out of our comfort zone. When I teach this lesson uh, in a class, usually I will bring a plate full of bugs and worms and things that none of us would really want to eat. 
and then I offer it to everybody and say, would you like to eat this? And of course, everybody's appalled, no way. And that is the same sort of way that, that Peter felt when he saw this vision of all this pigs and other stuff, snakes, that he knew Jews didn't eat. Well, now there's a, a quandary because God has asked them to cross the, the line from what it means to be a Jew and to become uh, accepting of Gentiles uh, because that's what God has, you know, he is very inclusive to all people everywhere. And yet, you know, it's hard for us to step out of our areas of comfort. You know, we like the way that we've always done things. We like the heritage that we have. And it's not easy to say, wait a minute, I have to accept people I don't like. Maybe people who have been my enemy. And that is the difference between being a Christian, for real, in your heart, is that you understand that Jesus' death on the cross paid for you forgiveness and you have to forgive others that's just the way it works okay so let's see down in verse uh, chapter 10 okay we read about the part about um, uh, when the people received the Holy Spirit if you were working on your homework through this then you would be answering the questions that had to do with that story okay so after all of this takes place uh, there is a a definite time in the church where um, they are trying to reconcile these differences. What happens is that Paul, who has been called to preach to the Gentiles, uh, goes and begins to preach in all sorts of different towns, as I mentioned earlier. Next week we're going to cover where he went and uh, what happened to him in those places. But his message is one of acceptance and one of um, all you have to do by grace you're saved, all you have to do is accept Jesus Christ. Whereas back in Jerusalem, the church there is still kind of requiring people who become Christians to adopt Jewish um, rituals. Uh, the circumcision, etc., eating certain foods and all that kind of thing. So Paul and Peter are at odds for a period of time. And just to let you know that uh, it's it's been from the beginning that People in different churches see things differently. Even if they have share the same gospel and believe in the same Jesus, they can differ on the way that that is um, practiced. And, you know, you can argue, you can make arguments in both cases. But the fact is that they were trying to be one church. And to be one requires everybody to give some. You know, you can't just stay one side or the other. You have to reach across... Uh, your differences and be willing to say we will find a way and so that's what we see at the uh, at this point in the new church they're trying to find a way all right that's all we're going to cover for today because we have a lot to cover in the next podcast and I want you to have time to ponder what areas in your life God may be asking you to step out of your comfort zone. He may be asking you to go to another country or to um, change some of your habits, to, uh, to be more accepting of people who are very different from you. Whatever that is, remember that is part of what being a Christian is all about. It is saying that my wants, my preferences, my needs are more important, are not more important. They are they're uh, subjective to what God is calling me to do. They, uh, you know, the cause of Christ is greater. It's more important. All right. So from this lesson, hopefully you've got 
brought together these conclusions. First, that when God gets a hold of you, he changes you deeply, the way he changed uh, Saul into Paul, the way he totally gave him a 180 degree change so that instead of persecuting believers, he was preaching to them and, and encouraging their faith. Um, a good friend in need is a is a friend indeed. And so when we're in need, when we're an outcast, someone that comes and encourages us and brings us in is a real encouragement to us. And you may be that person. And what I'm referring to is Ananias, who was willing to go and risk his own life and his own faith to reach out to this man, Paul. And perhaps God is asking you to reach out to some people who are very different from you, even at the risk of your own uh, safety or your own um, comfort. And then finally, um, all traditions must die. If we're going to be free to serve God, he makes the rules. Uh, it's very easy in our day and age to, and Christians do it all the time as well as every other religion, we set up a certain um criteria for being a member of that church and and whatever it is every church is different uh, and every faith is different but remembering that God crosses uh, through all the things that we think are so important because he cares about the heart of people and so when you set up certain traditions that make it hard for somebody to become a Christian remember God is not going to uh, even look at that. He's going to look right past it and um, see the need of those whom he came to save. Okay, in preparation for this next podcast, I would recommend that you spend some time reading the rest of Acts. There's about, we're at about chapter um, 11. And so if you went ahead and read the rest of, of Acts, there's only 28 chapters in it. So it shouldn't take too long. And you can begin to see what's happening. Now, there's a lot packed into this section of Acts. And what we are going to do is look at where Paul went, and as we look at his journeys, where he went one place and then another, um, we're going to see um, how he ministered to the people there. And it's very different. His approach in different places uh, tends to be based on what the people there need to hear. So you'll see that. Um, the other thing, uh, remember that the, the churches that he tries to plant in these different places are beginning to face all kinds of persecution. So it's not easy to be a Christian. It was hard enough in Jerusalem where there was a lot of people who believed. But when you go to these outlying areas into Turkey and Asia Minor and all these different places, there's no support system. And so when, when you're trying to start a church and be the church in a place that's antagonistic and not very um, accepting of the church, these people get persecuted badly. And in the process, Paul suffers as well. So we will learn about that and eventually ending up in prison. Paul is a major character in the New Testament. Um, he wrote many of the books that we are going to um, study in this process. Uh, many of his letters, beginning with, uh, well, they're not actually in order, but they're listed Romans, uh, first and second Corinthians, etc. But we are, we will try to cover them in the order that they were written. Okay, so thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can find extra resources at basicbible101.com. And of course, you're welcome to email me, Margie, M-A-R-G-I-E, at basicbible101.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be blessed. <music>